0: Hey guys, what's going on? Jeff from Friendship here, and today we're going to talk a little bit about our guide to happiness, and kind of how we can start thinking about doing some things and setting things up to create our own guide for what's going to make sure that we are going to kind of guarantee happiness in the future. And I've unfortunately I had uh, Lisa Armitage sent me uh, an email yesterday, and uh, there was a, a 13-year-old girl who actually committed suicide at a CrossFit gym that, that Lisa has gone to, and a pretty heartbreaking read and blog post. And, you know, honestly, it's uh, it's something that's so sad for me to see just because, you know, the more I've been around suicide and the younger the people are, the more frustrating and challenging it is for me to understand just because I feel like there's just so many things and steps, things you can do and steps you can take to, you know, get beyond that and find happiness and work towards happiness. And, um, you know, there's just so much life in front of you. So, you know, for most of us, uh, we're young and we have years ahead of us. And, you know, honestly, especially if you guys have ever, you know, get to a place where, you know, you're so dark and you're listening to this, um, you know, please certainly reach out to me if there's ever anything, that I can do, or any negative space that you get into, where you feel like you need some help. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm not a professional in any way in this capacity, but um, you know, I would love to just see if if there's something or somebody that that we can put you around to, you know, ensure that you understand that there are other paths. There's ways out, and there's always, always, always a different way. We're not locked into anything, and. So kind of under that you know, dark message, I really thought it would be, be fun to kind of think about what is our, what is the friendship guide to happiness? What is, how can we take uh, you know, some of these, these negatives or even some, how can we take some of these amazing positives, some of these strides that you guys have made in our community that I have made in my life? How can I take some of these strides and start to systemize them? How can I put them into something and say that if you get better at this, you will certainly be a happier person for it. And the more of this list that we can knock out, the more you are going to be set up to be a happier person. And really, that's what we think about, right? Is, you know, we have all of these different gauges and levels and tests and things that we can run for everything else IQ, success, yada, yada, yada. We have no tests, no barometer for happiness. All we know is our own internal struggle. We don't even know other people's struggles. You might think you do, but you don't, right? All we know is what's going on in our own head and how present and aware and happy are we within our relationships and within our own life. And so I think the big thing that we need to focus on is gaining control over that thought process. How can we work to gain control over our brain's happiness more often than not. And so I've written down a few different things. And uh, I've got a few thoughts on this. And a couple of them are going to fit under one bucket. And then the rest of them are going to fit under another bucket. So the first one, the first bucket is this relationships bucket. And I think that relationships are, as humans, right? And especially if you ever read the book Tribe by Sebastian Junger, Great book and really dives into how we are pack animals, right? We are, we thrive, we need, we crave other people, other relationships. We absolutely have to have that around us. And the more you study that stuff, the more you start to find that a lot of those primal, you know, Paleolithic mentalities of, you know, hunter gatherer, uh, nurse and caretaker you know, some of those different kinds of buckets that people put uh, those Paleolithic era people into, they really still hold true today. And you can sort of think about this person really is, you know, a hunter gatherer alpha, this person really is a caretaker, they truly just want to, you know, help everybody in their in their way. Um, And, and so as you dive into some of that stuff, and you learn more about it, I think a lot of that stuff is is still really holds true today and maybe even it's more important now today than it's ever been as we start to, you know, decentralize ourselves from real in-person tactile communication and touching oriented relationships, right, Um, you know hugging and you know just being close with people now it's like our space our spatial relationship with people is just different right it's not as comfortable as it used to be it's very guarded and protected. and Americans are worse than any culture i do find it hilarious i don't have been diving into um, some like corners of podcasts and the internet that are more international and i find it hilarious how much we as americans get made fun of for caring about uh, nudity, cussing, and uh, and touching, and like general space, and they make fun of us for those three, and everything is under the guise of. Yeah, you can have as many guns as you want, but you definitely can't say fuck over the air. And so, like, I think that that's just a hilarious dynamic that lives in the international community. And honestly, I think you're hard pressed to make an argument against it. It all is pretty ridiculous that we are so guarded with our privacy and all that other stuff. So. Uh, So I think that that's something now as we look to what will make us happy now, I think there's going to be continuing to think about this big reversion, right? Going back to what truly makes us human, what makes us humanistic in nature is, you know, is tribes, right? And tribal mentality and feeling accepted and feeling respected within a tribe of people, of, you know, peers and, you know, having wise mentors and having and then you eventually becoming a mentor or a teacher to an eventual youth. And that's just sort of the, the general flow of how our positivity and how our happiness can grow over time. As a kid, everything is new and fun and exciting. So happiness to us is, is learning and new experiences as we start to become middle-aged, we, were, we run the dichotomy of wanting to gain more wisdom from older mentors, from people who seem to have their shit figured out, and then implement that and teach that into our young children as we start to grow them up. And then as you start to get older and you start to have children who begin to be successful and have their own children, your goal is to continue to mentor your kids and other kids around you to find happiness as well. And so as we start thinking about this concept of relationships guiding our happiness, we have to understand some of the things that stand in our way. And I think number one, the biggest thing that I think stands in our way is forgiveness. And I think along the lines with forgiveness goes gossip and drama. And really being off social media the last few months has really opened my eyes to how much just drama and negative communication comes out of social media. Now that I've been off of it, I've been around a few different communications of people where they say, Oh, did you see this person's post? And as soon as it's said, as soon as it's out in the air, and somebody else jumps on top of it, it's like, we're piling on to just forced negativity. It's the only way that the conversation can go. And it really just needs to be something where like, you know what, as soon as I started to get off social media, it became really easy for me to just forgive people in the past who might have wronged me or just move on and be out of sight and out of mind for people who there's just, they're not even involved in my real life anymore. And that's the negative thing that I think social media has done more than anything is it keeps people in your life where There's been something hurt in the relationship, or the way the person is on social media, it just irks you, it it doesn't work for you, and it makes you negative, you see that and you think, oh what a fucking asshole, or god, what the fuck is wrong with her, why would she post that, and you just get negative about it, automatically, and that just takes you immediately, you scroll your thumb, and all of a sudden you see something, and you read something, and all of a sudden, boom, I'm negative, gossip, drama, stress. And it's so stupid and it's so unnecessary because 99.9% of the time that person is effectively out of your real life. They're not there anymore. They don't matter. The only place that they matter is when you allow them to take your attention on a social media platform. And as soon as you get rid of that, you block them as a person or you delete, you know, unfriend them or delete your account or whatever. As soon as that's gone, they are legitimately just out of your life. And now there's no more negativity and no more stress. You can forgive that person much more easily for whatever negativity happened. And you can just move on with your own life and find a place of peace and happiness. And now that that's happened for me, I've find that that's just like, I, I'm so much more stress-free. I'm so much more carefree all the time. And you really do realize that there's so many beautiful things around you that you can just be more open to. And that kind of brings us to our next one, which is acceptance and accepting new opportunities around you. And this has inevitably been one of the things that has been challenging for me in opening a fitness facility and starting a community of people. That, you know, have grown to become best friends in a lot of cases, groomsmen in weddings, best men and bridesmaids, and, you know, even husbands and wives and, you know, people who travel together and their relationships, they both moved on from friendship five years ago, but they're still best of friends. And you start to see that and you start to see those relationships built and you know the power of the community. Yet one of the things that has always challenged me is at some point, people just start to say, nah, I'm good. I've got enough friends. I don't need to meet new people. And they are not accepting of new opportunities around them anymore. And I don't know at what point this happens, and I don't know why it happens, but it happens. And at some point, we start to block. We start to put up fences. We start to put up boundaries and... We stop maybe being accepting of not only new opportunities and new possibilities for new amazing relationships, but also, and maybe more importantly, new opportunities for us to maybe help somebody and for us to start to move into that next phase, the mentoring phase and the helping phase. And I think that that's something that scares me a little bit is... When people start to put up those fences and walls and they start to say, you know, oh, you know, I don't I don't need I don't need that. I don't need to take a chance. I don't need to maybe put myself out there. I don't need to smile and meet somebody new and dive into a new conversation with them when then you can take a step back. And you're like, well, but the majority of your friends, if you post something on Facebook, 99 percent of the people that like it or commented on it are are people from the gym and you know your half of your you know bridal party people from the gym and you know we went on vacation last year people from the gym it's like why would you not be open if to to meeting more amazing people in our community because there are there's always amazing people coming in and they're full of just opportunity and happiness and growth and development and they want to learn from you so much because they look up to you and so i think that that's just a huge opportunity but this these barriers that we put up, and I don't think that it's necessarily limited just to our our community, the gym community. I'm sure if you guys have been at your job for a while that you're maybe not as nice or accepting to people that are maybe brand new that have been there for, you know, just a couple months. If you've been there for 10 years and you've got a big group of friends that have been there for eight years and seven years and five years, you probably hang out mostly with them. And you might not be the nicest person sometimes to those new people. I know sure as shit this happens in the army, right? It's like new guy on the block, you know, you got to earn your keep for about a year or two before anybody starts giving you respect. But man, does it go a long way when you are that new guy, when you all you are craving is a little acceptance, a, just just a rope from somebody, an outstretched hand, a smile, and just a little bit of respect and a little bit of benefit of the doubt and a little bit of acceptance, and you can just create a lifelong bond. And that was Sergeant Durvalli for me. And, you know, we haven't talked in years. We haven't talked since I got out, since he moved on um, out of the unit. But, man, you know, I when I first came to the unit, I was really struggling with some stuff, like really struggling with some some pretty serious mental stuff. And I had I had, had a rough go of things coming to this unit. And, uh, and you know, I, catching shit from everybody and not necessarily accepted right away. And Sergeant Duvalli, you know, he's a, just an amazing squad leader, and he's the only guy who really reached out his arm and, uh, you know, went out of his way to kind of take me under his wing, show me around D.C., take me to places that he was involved with, whether it be a bar or Brazilian jiu-jitsu or the gym. I would have never had any of those future relationships that I had because of that. And my acceptance would have been much more lo- like slow growing if it wouldn't have been for him and that means a lot it still sticks with me and you know it, it's it, i need to track him down he's not on not on social media anymore so it might be tough but uh, but man it just that that means so much coming into a scary new place so somebody starting at your job or somebody starting at the gym or somebody maybe dating somebody new in your family and you're going to meet him for the first time like If you are the person who gives them the benefit of the doubt, who accepts them and open, you know, with open arms and an outstretched hand and a smile, I think you'll just be amazed at the positivity and the happiness that you bring into your life. And I just don't truly believe that there is anybody who has so many great relationships in their life that they just can't take on one more. And so I think we just need to be open to that opportunity. And so if we start to be really solid at forgiving people who have wronged us in the past, or maybe we've wronged in the past and we've forgotten uh, how that relationship got damaged. Because a lot of times I think that we maybe BCD our ways into saying that it's that person's problem and not ours. But if we can be better at forgiving and then we can be more accepting of who people are when they do come into our lives, I think automatically we're going to start to find that we're a little bit happier and we have better relationships in and around us in our lives. And then the last part of relationships, guys, is being grateful for them and being grateful for the fact that we have people in our lives, just period. Um, you know, we had a guy who got in a car wreck, um, you know, probably about a year or year and a half ago at the uh, extended stay right next door. And I mean, like Jenny literally was almost, was almost crying when she came over and told me. And, you know, it's a guy in his 80s and he tried to pull out and he clearly should not have been driving. You know, he was very unaware of things. And, pulled out and hit a couple of teenage girls and you could tell like he was so scared and he was so like worried about them and worried about what he had done and so when we started to ask questions you know like you know he was he needed to go to the hospital you know he wasn't wasn't doing very well and uh so we started asking like is there anybody we can call can we call your kids can we call your wife is there anybody and he just had nobody he said no I don't have anybody and like when Jenny went and told me, I like, you could tell she struggled even talking about it now. Like it kind of chokes me up. It's hard, hard to talk about. Um, and, uh, and so when you, when you experience that uh, and you, and you see it firsthand, it really does just make you so grateful for the opportunities that you have and the, the relationships that you do have right now, just because you don't know what the future is going to bring them. And again, we all think of this amazing, bright future for ourselves that's full of happiness and love and capability and function but there is certainly a possibility where we do not have that and so that's why relationships are so important and that's why we have to cherish them we have to share our gratitude for them we have to share that gratitude with the people who are making a meaningful impact in our lives and so I think that that's that's huge and as you go throughout you know your next 30 years or 50 years If you're the person who holds grudges and you don't forgive well, and you're not very grateful for the things that you do have, you might be the person who just wakes up one day and just doesn't have anything to be grateful for. And that was the thing I said the other day, you know... I think it's been hard for a lot of competitors or people who used to compete in CrossFit and, you know, now there's a, a laundry list of them. It's been hard for them to find their way back into CrossFit or, or fitness even and finding a love for working out, which is, is one of the most sad things in the world to me because you started competing because you loved it. And I loved it. I love that feeling of just kicking my own ass and that high you get afterwards that you just feel so alive. I love, like I live for that. It's amazing and it resets all the shit you have in your life. But I think one of the things that people lose sight of is just because, you know, you can't you know, snatch 250 anymore or, you know, you can't do Fran in under two minutes. You can't do these things just because you can't do that anymore we still should be so grateful for how capable we are. And, you know, as soon as you start to see people who lose capability and you start to see people who aren't able to do things that they used to love and, you know, you get to be around that. Like it just, I'm just so happy to be able to pop into CrossFit class last night. I had a great class, a lot of fun. So thankful to be able to come in and have full functionality of my body To be able to power clean because God, I fucking love power cleans. Who doesn't love a good power clean, right? And then you hit a good workout, you you slap some high fives and you call it a day, you go home. And man, like, there is a future that I can envision where I'm not able to do that anymore. And I don't know what I'd do. Like, as soon as you start thinking, if any of you guys who have ever dealt with serious injuries and you have to take a couple steps back and you're not able to work out anymore, like, I don't know what I would do. I don't know what that would do to my mentality. And so that's that's a struggle. That's tough to think about. And so I think sometimes we just have to be really positive and grateful for that capability. And we have to maximize it, right? We have to continue to work on it. And we have to be smart about it. And that will kind of breed us into the next one. So first part, guide to happiness, really dial in your own mentality and how you think about your relationships in your life. Think about where you sit in your tribe life and where you want to be and who you want to be in that tribe now and in the future. And then think about what are things that are holding you back. Are you not forgiving people? Are you not able to move on from relationships? Are you still following people who aren't really in your life anymore? Is that what your social media is Do you ever, do you have people in your social media right now who you follow and the only thing you ever think about when you scroll across their stuff is negativity about them or about yourself or about other people? If so, you have to forgive and you have to move on. Get out of it, right? And second from there is start accepting new opportunities. Why hang on and linger on these bad opportunities that we know are bad? They're bad eggs, right? We know that. Why hang on to those when we have so many great new opportunities around us that we can be jumping on, but we have to be accepting of those? And then last, be grateful for them. And be grateful for all the relationships we have. Because again, it's just, you know, it's it's so cliche to say, you don't know if you'll never have it again in the future. But it is very true. And if you put yourself in that situation, if you think about what that would be like, man, it, it should surely make you really fucking grateful for any relationships that you have. I am so grateful for that. My parents are still alive and just kicking ass. I love, like I'm so grateful for that because I know so many people that have lost parents early and I, I know how hard that is. And you know, and I know that they all were grateful that for the time they had, and they wish that they could have more. And so I need to be very grateful for that every day. And so I am. Um, uh, but Moving on next is going to be the non-negotiables guys. So this is a huge key to happiness is developing your non-negotiables. And there's a great podcast that I just listened to the guy who founded Marquis Jets and, uh, and a bunch of other stuff too. Zico uh, drinks. He sold to Coca-Cola. This guy's kind of like a phenom and I'd never heard of him before right now. I don't even couldn't even tell you his name, uh, but he talks about how the first thing he does the first week of January is he develops his entire calendar for the year And the first thing that he does is he puts in five new experiences that he wouldn't or that he's never done in the past and that he wouldn't otherwise do unless he scheduled and booked them now. And that's the first thing he does. And I was like, man, that's a cool fucking idea. I really like that. Because if you guys are anything like me, like life's just going to come up and keep happening and keep happening and keep happening. And all of a sudden you look at it and it's like, oh man, talking to somebody last Friday, I was like, man, this week was so ridiculously busy. Like I look at my calendar and it was literally booked from like 6.30 a.m. till 8.30 p.m. Monday through Thursday. And by the end of Friday, I was just smoked. Right. And I'm like, thankfully my next week doesn't look that way. And then sure enough, like, Monday comes and it's booked and Tuesday comes and it's booked and Wednesday comes and it's booked and Thursday comes and it's booked and here I am like Thursday at 4:53 and I'm finally getting to the time that I had carved out for a podcast And, uh, you know, but that's, that's how life happens. And so you have to carve that stuff out ahead of time. And so he calls it Kevin's law. I'm adopting that now. Kevin's law is now what I'm calling this. And what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to dial in new experiences in new places. And I'll probably start with three, right? He's 50. And so he talks about how I've only got 30 summers left, right? And I've only got 150 more opportunities for new experiences is how he looks at it. And so you know, I'm, I'm only, you know, 33 about to be 34. And so I've got, you know, hopefully 50 uh, more years and 50 more summers and 150 or 250 new experiences ahead of me that I can look forward to. But man, what a cool idea. I loved that idea of starting with a non-negotiable and putting your new experiences first, right? We always talk about put your non-negotiables first, but put your new experiences first. Like that's really cool. So one of the ones I know of for a fact I want to do is I want to get up and see Tom in New York, and so um, I'm going to book that, and Maria's never been to New York City, so we're going to go do Broadway, we're going to go eat at some New York City restaurants, we're going to stay like three or four nights in Manhattan, and then go out and stay uh, in the Bronx with Tom. And, uh, and so I I am so looking forward to that. And so I haven't booked it yet, but that's going to be one of the first things that I do this week or weekend with Maria. And, uh, and then I know I, there's a couple other experiences. I know I talked with Justin today. I want to go to Aruba and, uh, and again, same thing. So I need to map this stuff out and I need to know how much it's going to cost. And then I need to figure out how I can start to set money aside for those things. And I can plan out my year and my new experience because I've planned, this new experience into my year ahead of time. And nothing is going to come up and get in the way of that. I'm not going to cancel those trips. I'm not going to go through the the shitty scheduling and all the stuff with airlines and rental cars and Airbnbs and all that crap where you don't get any money back on that anyway. So you're stuck with it. Just pay for it and move on and then figure out how to use the next six months to make that money back. But I thought that was really cool. He talks about that concept all the time. Put yourself first. Put your new experiences. Put where you want to be in the future. Put that first. Make sure that it's booked, right? Get it done. If your kids have a tournament coming up or you're going to be out of town, like book it, block it, move on. Not an opportunity for work or some other bullshit to come in and get in the way of that. And make sure that you dial in those experiences. So that's his first thing is vacations and experiences. His second thing is he dials in family time. And then his big thing, also, that he does is he blocks out three hours of every day for himself, for his own development. And I think that this is huge. In three hours, you might have to work to get there. You really do, right? Just like saving 40% of your income, you have to work to get there. And when you start to work at that, like it's going to hurt. It takes a toll to work to save 40% of your income, but you can do it. It just hurts. It's the same thing like carving out three hours of time for yourself every single day. You can do it. You can. You absolutely can do it. It just means a little bit of sacrifice. And sometimes sacrifice hurts and sometimes it's hard, but you can do it. And that's, that. you know, obviously an hour of that, I think, should be workout or health oriented. That's what he says too. You have to put your mind and your body first. They're your biggest assets. You have to feed those right? New experiences, put that stuff first and then start thinking about what are other things for you time, right? Is it reading and development? Is it starting a new business or a new side hustle? Is it starting a passion project? What is it? But start to dial that time in what needs to happen for you to have that time. Do your kids need to go to daycare? Do you need to take them to grandma, grandpa's house? You know, do you need to put them to bed and do it after they have a bedtime? What needs to happen so that you can guarantee that you have, let's just start with two hours, right? An hour and a half. It's three hours, 10%, 10%, right? Two and a half, three hours, 10% of your day. That's it. That's all we're talking, 10%. You cannot tell me that we can't carve that out. And so I think I love that concept of carving out the time for you and your development. Because if you do that, what you're going to find is you are able to be a better parent. You're able to be more present at work. You're able to go and kick ass at things that you would have never been able to do otherwise. And that's his huge mentality is I want to do more this next year than anybody. I want to do four times more than I did last year. And I love that hunger, right? At 50, And this guy, I mean, this guy's probably a gajillionaire, right? He sold all, he sold, sold the biggest private jet company in the world to Warren Buffett. I'm sure he's doing fine, but he doesn't care. It's not about money for him. It's about motivation, that hunger. He knows that that drive is a key to happiness. One of the biggest things that stunts happiness is apathy, having no passion projects, having nothing to define your own success and moving forward. And it's not money. It's not ever what it is. It's just better. We're better, right? I don't gauge at all where I'm at with anything as it pertains to dollars and cents. I think it's the easiest way to be unhappy. You have to gauge it by, am I better at what I'm doing? Are we better? Is friendship better? Is this podcast better? Are my videos better, right? Is my guidance to other people better? Is the book I'm writing better? Right? Are the choices that I'm making with my free time better? Will they lead to a better future? Are my relationships better? Right? And that's how we gauge that stuff. Are these things improving the right way? Right? So think about that, right? I love that concept. You guys should definitely take up on that, right? Think about this next year. It's still early in January. If you don't have any experiences planned for the next year, like start dialing in, text your friends, text people, call them, say, hey, I want to. I like I like you. I love your vibe. I wanna go, I wanna have an experience with you. What have you always wanted to do? Let's go do it. Like, yeah, like fuck yeah, let's go do it. Let's go, let's go dial it in together. What is it? It could be starting your own company, it could be a vacation, it could be an experience where you're just like just even in and around Ohio or skiing or you know, learning to swim or anything, right? But engage, right? And and start to lean into that. And if you guys don't have anything booked for the year, like, man, just let's do that this week, right? Let's dial that in. (laughs) Sorry, cat's driving me nuts right now. She's going crazy. Charlotte's always trying to get in on the podcast. Um, But, you know, that's it this week, guys. So a lot of homework, a lot of things, a lot of food for thought for you guys. Um, This will be a continuing conversation. This isn't it for the Guide to Happiness. I do want to dial in a little bit deeper on some of this stuff, but... These were just some of my initial thoughts as I was kind of meditating a little bit today. I had a really busy, really fast, hurried uh, mind day. And I always start to feel this fog come over me when that happens. And so I sit down and I I just, you know, 20 minutes on my timer. I just close my eyes, pure quiet, and just this is what came to me is guide to happiness. Literally, it popped into my head and I started thinking about what would it look like in relationships and forgiveness. And these, these things just started to pop into my head. And so awesome, let's go, let's run, let's jump, let's go do a podcast on that. And I hope to continue this thought, see what conversations you guys have with me around it, and see what comes from it, and then maybe dive into it a little bit deeper in the future. And there's Blitz being in the podcast. So with that, love you guys, have a great day, great weekend. I've got some uh, fun uh, Sunday coffee chat coming up this week, and I'll hopefully have that aired on Sunday. Thanks, guys. (laughs)